0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the PC Perspective Podcast. We're at episode 744. This is being recorded on October 11, 2023. I'm Sebastian Peek.
1: I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrath.
2: I'm Brad Van Springberg. And I'm Kent Burgess. You can help support the site and
0: podcast distribution by going to patreon.com slash PCPer because this is art. It's an art form, and it should be a protected... Right of the people and other things, and Patreon this week we need to thank Newman. Newman and Newman. Hey, the return of Plant in Corner. I haven't heard that name in a yeah.
2: while. Yeah, I mean now haven't gone. Anywhere. I like the Newman name. Is it is it Newman in the Seinfeld sense or is it
0: Newman? Newman. I hope it's the latter one. It's spelled new, as in I knew it. Mm-hmm. Not new. Oh. Because it has a K in front of it. There's, there's lots of words in English that are they're strange. Like that. the silent K. Very What's up with the silent K? Yeah. Well, it's like one of Knights. my
1: favorite books that I gave my niece. P is for pterodactyl. Yes, Another yes, horrible is. English
3: words. <laughs> 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 Josh, PBS has, PBS has a YouTube channel called Storied. And uh, they have three different hosts doing different things. And uh, one of them is a linguist. And she actually did an episode about why the English language is so messed up. And it all really has to do with uh, the printing press uh, and how they were trying to make written language suitable for, you know, all the different English speakers. And so there's a lot of words that are spelled in a French way and a lot that are spelled in a Dutch way. And that's why we have a nice smelled to dig it, you know? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Normally at this time, we throw it to Laramie, Wyoming. And Josh tells us
4: about a burger, but I didn't see anything on Twitter, Josh. Do you know why? Tell us. They say that there's no such thing as a free lunch, but there is. Mm. And this free lunch mm. was provided by my employee employer. Yeah. So I, I headed over to Cheyenne today and I uh, got Olive Garden. I, I had as much salad and breadsticks as I wanted, plus, you know, meatballs, sausage, meat sauce, fettuccine, those things. And plus soup. can't remember. You Did, did yeah, you snap a pic? Yeah, but none of it was.
2: What? Did you snap none a
0: pic?
4: You got a picture yeah, of this? But, but no, uh, no, photography worthy. Oh. Yeah, it none wasn't, of it. It was just interesting
0: garden. looking. Just surreptitiously. Yeah. Look, you're. I, okay. I'm not going to say this is something that you owe The listeners and the viewers, but they -hmm. look forward to this every week. We get dozens Mm -hmm. of emails, hundreds of loving comments on our YouTube videos every week. This is all a lie.
1: Think of how disappointed they'd be if they got a picture from Olive Garden.
4: Yeah, they'd... (laughs) Well, the thing is, we we didn't even eat at Olive Garden. It It was, you know, takeout to our office in Cheyenne. So it was in a conference room with a paper plate and paper bowl. And was there fluorescent lighting
0: up above? Yeah. Yeah. It
2: was okay.
4: great. It was great. All right. yeah. Josh, so I'm not going to
2: lie. I'm not going to lie here. There are people who tell me that they use the burger segment as a signpost within the podcast. And was that before, were we talking about it before the burger segment or was it, did it come immediately after? Yeah, how many BB stories and after? AB. Yes. Yeah. How many, wow. how many stories after the burger segment were we in? Well, pretty much all the stories. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, just always yeah, the intro first segment and uh, before the Patreon news. and then burger. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
4: So,
2: Brett, have you been on the show before? This you is know the first how time. this works. Okay, it's mm-hmm. not the stories, but sometimes people talk about a discussion mm-hmm. we Great. would be having. Okay, and, uh, as I was saying, <laughs> let's move on to news. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the PC
0: Perspective News Desk, and our first story tonight is of the Intel Arc variety, and Intel who announced the Arc A580 more than a year ago. It's finally here. They launched it yesterday, worldwide, $179. A bargain. Which is very puzzling because we're like 24 to 48 hours removed from these aggressive A750 price cuts that have it just $10 above that.
3: Mm. Yeah.
0: Intel explains to us why it matters, and I'm quoting their press release, Intel ARC A580 graphics represents a compelling new offering in the segment delivering the modern features of the ARC GPU family to mainstream gamers and creators at a competitive price. Oh, it goes on, but I'll just
1: stop there. It has a lot of memory bandwidth, and that's what they're pimping.
0: It does. Yeah, it says at 512 gigabytes per second, more than double the memory bandwidth of the closest competitors. I'm guessing they mean by in their price range, but this is a, as you can see yes. here from this, 2000. 22 slide that it has a 24 XE core eight gigabytes of memory that nice 512 gigabytes per second of memory bandwidth a huge step up from that RK380 175 watts a
1: wee bit power hungry
0: yeah I I was disturbed by this picture of a sparkle card which has not one but two eight pin (laughs) power connectors on it it is OC edition though it's uh, there's no kill like overkill a number of outlets had day one reviews, including Tech Power Up. We looked at the Sparkle card and probably every other card. And I was looking through some of the charts. Let me go. To, just go to the performance page. Hold on. Let's look at a game we all know and love. So looking at Cyberpunk performance with this card, this is at 1080. I'm not sure exactly what their settings are. I'm gonna have to look at their test setup. But here's the A580, just under 60 frames per second. And the A750 is at 66. So this is about 10% slower than the A750. You can read the reviews yourself, but let's just say, for the sake of argument, it's 10% slower than the 750. It's only $10 less. Yeah. Unless, Unless the price drops on the 750 were very temporary. Maybe they were just for the prime bonanza that's been going on. The A750 at $189, and all these links, Amazon, Newegg. This is a current deal, but okay, it's... $10 $10 more for the 750. Am I am I alone here is if it's 8% more money for 10% more performance it seems like a no brainer. You're talking uh, about yeah.
2: $10. It's it's like the price of a Starbucks coffee.
0: Yeah, if you get like a, a venti really with an extra but shot. It tastes better.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you're you're pushing the difference between the 580 and the 750. So gosh, um, uh just if you're gonna go Arc orc just get the A. They've, they've
4: they've taken a uh, they've taken the a page from AMD about mm-hmm. uh, pricing uh, between SKUs. So obviously, um, I think the A five eighty will be uh, quickly within a month dropping down in price and regain some of that value. But you know, it's it's it seems like the thing to do these days: get it out at a little higher price, get some people buying and jumping into it and then uh, when it slows down you start dropping down the price until it moves again i don't know if we're just looking at launch
0: pricing this makes sense but if you're going to wait a year and a month to release something and then you're just following your original plan with pricing when the market has adjusted and all of your other cards are either what 10 20
4: 30 off at this point I don't get it, but... They're just trying to get rid of chips at this point, maybe. I don't know. Because mm-hmm. it's all the same. All the same chip, except for the A380. Yeah.
0: It's it's the same memory subsystem as the A750, and very close to that performance level. Just doesn't have as many active cores, so... If this was $150, it would be a... I would say that would be a compelling...
1: Yes. Plan. Yeah, well, I don't know why not.
0: they don't. It should be $99 for the 380, 149 for the 580, and then you get up to 199 with the 750. 249 for the 770. I don't know why this is so sense. difficult. Speaking of Arc, there was a bit of a rough
2: start to Intel Arc and the Starfield game. It seemed to be a surprise to them. Oh my gosh, Starfield is out. What what are we going to yeah. do about that?
0: Yeah, and I hey, Nothing. I was defending them too. I said, I, it's an AMD exclusive title and you know, it didn't support DLSS at launch. And it just seemed like it was optimized for AMD and maybe that's why Intel didn't really have a great driver for it. But now that they actually have a proper driver for it, they're talking about 149% boost. Mass- and it was yeah. not just the driver,
4: but there was there was an update on Starfield as well that ah. yeah, apparently made things a little bit better for Arc. So it's still not a game-on title, which is
0: what Intel calls their optimized titles. But it is reported that the game should now run 117% smoother at 1080p ultra settings,
2: I'm quoting videocards.com here, and a remarkable 149% faster at 1440p high. Well, once we pulled all the 64-bit floating point, things actually smoothed out. (laughs) It was probably FP64 related, right Brett? That's that's exactly what I was just saying. It's, that's a bit bit of a callback. That's That's yeah. what we do here sometimes. Long-time we, uh,
0: viewers and listeners will yeah. understand that reference. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, uh,
2: but so yeah, get impressive. excited about the
0: driver update with, which also Woo-hoo. by the way brings support for the A580. So
3: Well, good on that so for it better than to the RX 7600. Yeah, the 7600 uh pretty much stomps the uh, A580, but uh, the A580 does pretty handily beat the uh, RTX 3060, which, while it's last gen, it's still the only card Nvidia's got in that price range. Um, and you know, if and the 7600 is still about seventy dollars more than the A580. So I mean, but if they drop the A580 down to like, like Sebastian said, $150, it could be a really compelling card in that price range. Right now, I think you would just spend the extra money, get the 750 or spend a little more money and get the 7600
0: In our next story, Be Quiet is launching not one, not three, but two dark rock coolers, big dual tower, dual fan coolers. The Dark mm. Rock Pro 5, which is the logical successor to the Dark Rock Pro 4. But this new cooler called the Dark Rock Elite is Ooh. also coming. It has a 280-watt TDP rating, which is pretty high for an air cooler. Now, obviously, Intel flagships like to take things up to 320 to 360 watts. You know, reasonable loads, AMD Ryzen processors, that sort of thing, won't need anything more than one of these.
2: So that's interesting that... uh Eagle-eyed readers have noticed a hint of the RGB on top of yes, the elite. I don't know if this picture shows it. This one here,
0: yes. There's a little ARGB panel on
2: the top. Interesting for the elite.
0: Yes, they've
2: been slowly but surely embracing the RGB lifestyle. A little bit more austere, though they have been, being you know somewhat of a a Germanic uh, background. They're. They're uh, you know, a little bit more purpose-bent, I, I should say. And, hmm. um, and they haven't really adorned uh, their kit with a lot of uh, spurious uh, lighting. He's <laughs> trying so hard. Spurious. That's a good word, spurious. though. You th- are
4: you a failed is. English major?
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't they all? Oh. Don't, don't, don't make yes. me talk.
3: <laughs> i tell you the thing in those photos that has me the most excited about those coolers is the mounting system, you can see that the crossbar at the bottom is actually attached to the cooler, which means you Uh just have to install the brackets and then remove the top plate, use a long screwdriver, which is probably included knowing be quiet.
2: It is. And
3: I, I've, I actually have loved be quiet coolers for many years, but their mounting system has always been a nightmare. And uh, if you remember, the last Be Quiet cooler I reviewed was their, uh, their Dark Rock Pro TF2, which is their, their top flow cooler. Um, and that one was the first one of their coolers I had seen that had those mounting screws attached. But seeing if the actual, the, the large coolers with that method, that's fantastic. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see how these perform.
0: Moving on to our next news story. Microsoft says VB script will be ripped from Windows in future release.
2: Ripped.
1: Ripped. And you won't be able to uh, program it in WordPad because apparently that's going to.
2: Ouch. Jeremy, what's what's this yeah. going to you know, break?
1: Uh, a bunch of really important scripts that somebody wrote 20 years ago that nobody realizes <laughs> is still you know, the business actually depends entirely on this one little VBS script and Uh nobody knows how to support it or how to translate it to something else. Uh, If you're still using IE because you're a corporation and you just can't move on uh, because you're a dinosaur and, you know, one brain has said that you need to move, but there's still a couple others that haven't caught up yet it will break a lot of the client scripting that you're still using and is why you haven't moved on from Internet Explorer, which I think is part of why they've done this because they've been trying to for five or six years now saying that, you know, we're getting rid of it, that seriously, we're getting rid of it. You, you need to stop, You no, seriously, stop to put it down. Put the VB script down and do something else. We gave you PowerShell in the command line. You know, there's something you can do here. So, yeah, it will be discontinued. It will be no longer uh, supported. And one of the other things that kind of sucks is that if you still use that my old Microsoft deployment toolkit, well, guess what? First off, I mean, it doesn't support on Windows 11, but second off, that ran on VBScript. So that's going to stop moving. <clears throat> on I the mean, plus side, 20, all those 27 years was a good to... run. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it is a malware vector. So oh, yeah. in as much as it is kind of annoying or getting rid of it and it's going to break unforeseen things. On the other hand, it's like, you're not going to have to worry about protecting from those vulnerabilities anymore unless you find a way to keep using it. You bloody lunatics.
4: So I I also agree with Microsoft that we should totally remove the vacation Bible school crypt. I mean, you know, there's <laughs> kids them <running> down there. <laughs> By themselves <laughs> unaccompanied, it's 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 gonna only lead to trouble. So good on as
1: you. As long Microsoft. as they don't split up, Josh.
4: <clears throat> yeah.
0: Sticking with the register and with Microsoft, Microsoft gives unexpected tutorial on how to install
2: Linux. In it in a weird way, yes, but that's not as straightforward as the headline kind of clickbaits you into. They've suggested that there are potential other uses for that new machine or that newer machine that you can't upgrade past Windows 8 or Windows 7 because we no longer are giving out free keys for Windows 10 to kind of move you on or Windows 11. So you're kind of stuck with some really reasonable hardware still. Maybe try Linux, but they're giving you four different like VM, uh, three of which are VM methods in order to move into a a way to reuse that hardware using Linux in one bare metal way. So you don't want to necessarily stomp on them for this because it's like, oh my gosh, you know, Linux has a lot of use 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 cases and it's very useful in many many ways. One of which, of course, is reviving old hardware. So, but it, you don't want to kind of step on them for this. But by the same token, it just seems so, uh, I don't know, deliciously. Uh, so this is I, the I don't year, know. Just, <laughs> this is the year
1: of Linux. This is the year of the penguin.
2: It just seems, you know like, uh, we've waited for Microsoft to recommend Linux as an alternative to Windows. It just seems, yeah, it just seems ideal. But this is the reason behind it. Um, yeah, because they've essentially stopped handing out keys for upgrades.
0: Speaking of upgrades, if you're on 21h2, you're at end of support already. We're talking Windows 11. You got to keep up with this stuff. You can't just run old versions of Windows 11 anymore and expect to stay secure, I guess. Better be on 22H2. Windows Server 2012 also reached of support.
1: Hooray!
0: So just a PSA. There's not a whole lot here. Stories from bleeping computer, but uh, they want you on 22H2. Automated feature update. Move along, oh, please.
1: Yeah, no, 22H2 oh. is pushing itself pretty uh, graphically.
0: This looks like a, a banner ad. Mean. Windows 11, 22H2 is
2: ready, and it's free. <clears throat> Download and install now.
4: Or it stay just, on Windows it, 10.
2: It just seems for like now. the EOLs are coming for so many things from in the Microsoft camp, including some yeah. versions of Windows 11. I've got a Windows 10 up. Update, you know, that's sitting behind, uh, you know, on this machine right now. Actually, so there's still a few updates left out there, but I, I didn't expect to see Windows 11 versions being end of life so soon. Uh,
1: we saw it in Windows 8 already. This quick, this quickly? Yeah. Oh, wait. There's a reason for that, though.
2: That was that was Windows. Well, 8. That was because there, got the axe, and <laughs> then they had the
0: 8.1 <laughs> everything.
2: Different. Yes. Very different.
0: Uh. Brett, I was going to ask that Windows 10 update that's waiting in the wings for you right now on your production machine, is that yes. the Windows 11 22 H2 update for Windows 10? I,
2: I believe this machine is not Windows 11 eligible, so
0: no. Oh, no TPM.
2: Smart man. No TPM. No TPM.
0: Yes. Yes. Or, or not smart. I mean, Windows 11 brings you the 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 best no. of Microsoft. The best no. of your PC. Yeah. The best of the internet. No. Yeah. No, thank you. The best of credge. No, Oh, no,
2: okay. no, thank you. Okay. okay. This is fine.
0: It's time for security corner already. And this first story is about curl. How much you curl, bro?
1: Well, curl. you curl, you just don't know it. Doing it right now. In fact,
0: but you're curling right
1: thing, now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Many people you, you, are curling right
0: now. Yeah. Yeah. Most
1: all of curling. us are curling. <clears throat> <clears throat> we just don't know it because we don't use curl as an actual tool on the command line to be able to transfer data via URLs. Your internet providers do. And well, they've disclosed as of today, you really, really, if you know what Curl is and use it on a daily basis, update to 8.4.0, like right now. Uh, Well, assuming you've backed up some of the containers because some of those containers will contain OSs. And since they're being very cagey about what the hell this update does, you don't know what's gonna break. They've said that the vulnerability is high. So that generally indicates that there are some really nasty things that you can do, uh, but they're not saying anything. Now, this is a little bit worrying, but at the same time, it makes sense. If you figure something out internally or a security researcher has reached out to you and said, hey, look what I can do. And you're like, okay, we're gonna fix that, but don't release the, the information on what the exploit is for a little bit to give people time to update the about the only thing we're getting is it's not as bad as log4j which it's not quite as bad as being beheaded it, it's it's gives you a lot of leeway as to just how bad this can be so yeah so exactly how operated. how
2: dead am i oh you're
1: still very dead yeah you're still very, dead. <laughs> yeah.
2: you're still very you're just dead. not extremely <laughs> dead you're just not, not extremely very dead. Dead. You're just yes. just very dead
1: so hope that everyone that you deal with on the provider side is updating uh, their curl because this is one of those things that it, it's sitting in the backbone. It's something no one ever thinks about. No one ever knows about unless they use it. And it, it's so if you're using lib curl or the curl tool itself, you just please update now. And if you know anyone who is, tell them to update now. I, even if something in your Docker Dies. It's still worth it from the sounds of it.
2: <clears throat> they have mentioned something about uh, unattended VMs. You know, they're being a little cagey about what the actual issue here is, but it's probably an RCE based upon you know, how they're sort of structuring the yeah the urgency behind this.
1: High yeah. is either RCE or uh, full access mm-hmm. without proper authentication. That I can't would be a
2: ten. What which we- it would be? discovered last time. So they're looking probably at like a 9.8 on the uh, yeah. severity Richter scale for um, hacking and exploits.
1: So yeah, but don't worry, it gets better. Well, maybe not. This is pretty much the mm-hmm. worst one. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's kind of terrifying because I mean, the fact that uh, Valve is adding a security check because a whole bunch of game devs got hacked, you know, this is, Upsetting, but not horrific.
0: we've, We've
2: seamlessly moved into the next security story. Which is Valve is adding a new security check because a handful of their actual game developers were targeted for exploits. And once hackers gained access to those game developers' systems, they published new code into those developers um, publishing streams inside Valve's Steam engine such that they would be automatically downloaded to whoever was running those games as an automatic update. Uh, And they caught this relatively quickly. Uh, I guess around 100 installs of the malware happened before Valve figured this out. So kudos to them. Um, but they had held off on something that I would have thought they would have implemented some time ago. And just recently, they implemented Horror Beyond Horrors two-factor off for the game developers. <laughs> you would have thought this may have been something that would have occurred to them before 2023, but, but no. So this is uh, new to them. And uh, imagine... I, I guess I can imagine that there's a bunch of people maybe working on the same system and the, and the same game software and maybe all they they all individually might need to publish an update and they want to be able to hit the primary channel Two factor off can add what they call obvious friction to that because somebody has to respond to a text message and a phone number you know, all that that can be painful. So they're finally adding this as a way to cut this off at the knees so to speak but yeah Valve was hacked recently and they did it through game developers Security Week has a story on organizations responding to HTTP 2 zero
0: day exploits for DDoS attacks. What is HTTP 2 rapid reset?
1: Well it's a bit so it's deep like It's like kind web of, oh, know dude but it's just <laughs> even cooler <laughs> Sorry <laughs>
2: Um web pages uh, transit from servers to browsers using a variety of protocols. Most up, up until recently we were using what's called http 1.1. http 2 takes a look at the http 1.0 protocol and gets rid of all that inefficiency. <laughs> Lack of compression, a lot of clear text handshaking, uh, single stream uh, request response and throws all that out the window and goes, there's a better way. You know, now that we have far faster computers accessing um, websites, let's do multiple streams. Let's do compression. Let's do away with some of the superfluous handshaking and let's just, you know, get right down to the business of sending data from the server back to the client so that people using the web can experience a faster service. Great ideas in practice. However, This exploit uh, uh, takes advantage of a legitimate protocol application, and that's called a kind of a reset or a restart. So in the middle of all of this fast, fast request response, um, compressed data going back and forth, uh, the client can say, whoa, I didn't get that. Let's do a quick reset and start over again. That's apparently, obviously, in retrospect, a very asymmetric request, meaning that it's very cheap for the clients do to do that sort of thing, but very expensive for the server to kind of back up, recompute, and shut down multiple streams and resend. So, noticing this, this becomes a back or front door, really, to a massive potential denial of service attack, uh, and they're doing it, and it doesn't take a lot of hacked. Um, Home gamer or you know home CPUs or or IoT devices to completely swamp uh, a service or a system. And several major uh, vendors such as Amazon, Microsoft, and Google have already put in ways of kind of mitigating this. But if you're running a web server out there, you probably need to figure out a way as soon as it's it's patchable to make sure you can sidestep this one because it's going to be rather severe. The next story uh, illustrates Google just mitigated the most significant DDoS attack in history with a relative ratio of normally, there's like three or so billion requests a day or per hour, whatever rate the typical internet runs at with legitimate people accessing services and sites. This was like a hundred times that level of Mm -hmm. of traffic and, and Google had sort of mitigated it against a, uh, one of their uh, services that was behind their servers. Yep.
1: Google Just says like it did the last su- time.
2: <laughs> successfully the time stopped the largest DDoS attack ever. Uh, yeah, so this is actually a very serious thing. So we often don't talk about the server side, and we're often really speaking about the clients. Windows typically, or Linux, often as a client, sometimes as a server. But pay attention to new web servers and uh, look for a fix for HTTP2 or maybe turn it off in the meantime. Slow yeah, your stuff down. Turn it off in mm-hmm. the meantime. In the meantime,
1: maybe. If you can't mitigate. I mean, one is service. As... Canon may have some new ammo to be firing out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've been using version 1.1 for a really long time. So, mm-hmm. you know. It's familiar.
2: It's comfortable. It's texty. It's very clear texty.
0: In a story that appears to just be uh, stating the obvious, poor (laughs) cybersecurity habits are common among younger employees.
2: Is this, you know, I wouldn't have thought this. You wouldn't have thought. Okay. No, I would have thought that because there's actually a blurb in here that says, you know, uh, the younger, generation is more technically savvy. You'd think that. This would have sort of seeped into the uh, into the cosmic consciousness of uh, people raised on cyber everything. That just securing securing your way, way of interacting with stuff might have finally kind of gotten to them, but apparently no, no, they're
0: not savvy. Just because they have access to the stuff and use it every day doesn't mean that they know anything about it, and they don't but, have very good uh, internet uh, hygiene. No, to
1: say the least. well. They- they don't remember spending a day and a half downloading something from Napster only to find out it's <laughs> not what you downloaded. They don't remember <laughs> coming
0: home to Whereas, see if your video clip is downloaded in real player only to discover the internet connection was interrupted, of course, and it's
1: you yeah, start someone away. picked, because picked, someone up, the picked up the phone.
4: Yeah.
0: Mm, yep. mm-hmm.
1: But there is a positive side to this, Sebastian. Oh, is there? Hand a child a magazine and just sit back and laugh.
0: But they're illiteracy. Have you not done
1: this? No, they tap on them. They try and make the pictures zoom. They, oh, they, like they, a little they, kid. They, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Sebastian, truly undy- i baffled. I,
2: I thought you might take offense at the, uh, where they decided to divide the age between younger and older. They chose 40 as the is, older so you. It,
0: it's just all emanations from the Pew Research Center B- garbage. have a bunch of like, 14 year old iPhone users who don't know anything about anything except they know blue bubble and all the latest memes and trends. And they speak in a slightly different... Please
1: carefully notice how only one of the podcasters in this show is upset about that 40 year cutoff.
0: I'm not upset about it. I personally identify as generation X, but I'm excluded according to the Pew research center
2: by like... Oh, you're excluded
1: by a couple of years. (laughs)
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the takeaway is, if you've got some younger folks in your organization, don't assume they know what they're doing from a security perspective. I never
0: actually do. No. tell I Never them. assume a younger no. person knows what they're
3: doing. For God's sakes, tell them, please. Like I, I work with many people with many more letters after their names than me, and they they don't know what they're doing. From from a technology standpoint.
2: And a, and a security posture perspective.
3: And what you do yes. and don't
2: do. <sighs> yeah. Like using your birth date and your password stuff like that. But anyway, mm-hmm.
0: moving on. Let's move on to gaming quick hits. And our first story, Space wreck is short and very replayable, writes Jeremy Hellstrom.
1: It's true. And some <laughs> of the screenshots look adorably you know, original fallout one and fallout two up to and including the, di- the dialogue, the, the way that they've sort of set it up. But one of the interesting things that they did, well, two of the interesting things they did is they specifically made it very short. So if you don't have a lot of time and you know, you try and sink in a hundred hours to finish a game and it's like by hour 50, you're like, no, I literally forgot what I was doing because I've been able to play for a month. So they've made it specifically rather short but they're claiming between three to eight ways to complete any of the quests. You wanna do a pacifist run, not a problem. You wanna be a psychotic, crazy person, go for it. You wanna do something weird in between, for sure. So it's been in early access for a while. Today is the day it launched, so there's a cut price. It's like less than 15 bucks. If you wanna pick it up or there is a demo and hey, I love games that offer you a demo. You, you get to try it out and see, you know, is this just going to be annoying or I'm actually going to like this? So this one seems interesting. I wish I had the time to try it, but there's a bunch of other things and I'm supposed to be doing a Total War Pharaoh review what I need to get on. So I haven't given it a shot yet, but uh, Hey, it's got a demo. Try the demo. See if you like it. Maybe it will be old school Starfield or because it is fallout in space, but it's the first ISO fallouts, not the first person ones.
0: That's older guys love demos. I'm all about the, de- the demo, demo CDs, even if, uh, d- demo levels.
2: Just give me the first couple of levels. Let me play it. Yeah.
4: that was the best part yeah. about boot. And then it became maximum yeah. PC is maximum. PC you have 700 megs of, of cutting edge demos and benchmarks and everything else you could possibly want. When the PC this was exciting.
0: Before. It was something <sighs> it came in the mail and you could do new stuff with it. And plus it encouraged you, it motivated you to buy that new graphics card. You know. Uh, or, the card. Yeah, or the new hard drive. Yeah. There are the new hard drive. here. Yours was full. it's a,
1: it's what? It's a gigabyte? Your game is a gigabyte.
4: <laughs> Insane. Look, Forsaken is out and it 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 has colored lighting and dual texturing. I gotta get the Voodoo 2. <laughs>
0: Yep. Somebody <clears throat> said Generation Demo in the... Generation Demo. are uh, <laughs> not wrong. I identify you're as Generation Demo, 100%. Next up, a humble bundle. Imagine that. This is called yes. Control the
1: Narrative Game Bundle. I'm seeing. Because, you know, Borderlands is very well-known for their narrative. Well,
0: yeah. <laughs> there's, there's,
2: there's something going this on is here. This is new tales from the Borderlands Army. Right. New Tales.
1: Beyond a as steel as opposed sky. to the tail from the borderland just below it. That's, that's, okay, there you go. <laughs> but no, some of this is interesting. Uh, I've honestly, it's on the list of, yeah, some of these I wanted to play and just haven't. Like Beneath the Steel Sky is apparently very well done. But have uh, yet to try it, so hey. Is
4: this really
1: only $5?
0: It. it says pay $5 or more. Mm
1: hmm. is. It- Is
2: indeed.
0: It really is five bucks. Oh, I see you have to pay eighteen for the three for the eight items. Three item bundle is five dollars. Oh three is. Yeah. I see. Yeah.
2: And you can sort of scale that to kind of where your comfort level is. If you really only have three dollars burning a hole in your pocket, you can. Five bucks.
0: Finally, Xbox Game Studios could use board games to revisit dormant franchises. Well, board games are uh they're big. So, i was just
2: curious as to what you thought of this idea of resurrecting, I don't want to call it abandoned IP, but, you know, they they just haven't published a game recently, but there was or maybe still is a uh, rampant fan base that really enjoyed the game. Um, rabid? But, were you going to say it, rabid fan base? Know, Fable? Fable. What, rabid Rabbids is going to be
0: a board game? You wouldn't
2: believe <laughs> the rabid fans of Fable out there. I'm sure. <laughs> well, the point is, is, is it a shameless, shameless cash grab to kind of revamp this yes. into a, yes. a board game or is it fan service to, to kind of bring something out to say, we, we can't invest a lot into this, but we still want to bring you something.
1: So I was just recently visiting my brother in Boucherville, uh, which is South of Montreal. It's got like, a population of like 40 K. And uh his wife suggested, you know, hey, why don't you two go out to a pub and leave me and the kid alone for a night? <laughs> uh, and we walked down and literally the the pub that there is there, that is not the really seedy one which you would expect in a small town in Quebec, uh, which there are two of. But this one has some decent uh craft beer and the entire front wall, all uh, four different sections are filled with board games. And all the brand new ones, not just like Carcassonne and the, the popular stuff. It was like, wait, they've got a Dune board game. That's interesting. I don't want to play it, but hey, cool to know. And they literally have a service. You give the guy 20 bucks, you describe the games you like to play, and he will bring out three. If you don't like those, he'll keep bringing out new ones until you find one you like. So yeah, board games have spread everywhere. Yes. Yes. You're talking about a French speaking town with 40k, and you've got a game bar, and it was full. A game people. bar. So, a game yeah, I mean, bar. They called it. I like
4: that it's, phrase. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's what they call themselves. Did it's you play
2: Sorry? Bar.
1: Except <laughs> in Canada,
3: it's Sorry.
1: Sorry. No, Desiree. We were in Quebec. Oh.
3: I'm not familiar with uh, Canadian geography very well. Is that anywhere near Regina?
1: Yes, but you're going to spend a couple of days driving. It's, it's, uh, (laughs) thank you, Josh. It's the city that, rhymes. they they literally put out t-shirts that said it's the city that rhymes with fun and people got really upset and the city of Regina had to take those shirts down. It was the official merchandise from the city. Some people have no sense of humor.
0: The the real no. reason they objected to it was it said that in English and not uh, québecois.
1: Well, no, that's that's Saskatchewan. <laughs> there there is oh I see three French people there, maybe four. So I don't know how I'm gonna salvage this.
0: I'm gonna get yes. yelled at for that. Yeah. So yeah, board <laughs> games they're big. They're they're everywhere. You can't go to a comic every comic book store around me is just a board game store now that also I was, has comics.
2: I was uh, I I noticed that uh, there's a couple of things. If everybody ever goes to that little shop called Amazon, check it out. Oh, that's that bookseller that
0: guy started in his garage, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, Some people might find a few things they might like on it, but recently I I happened to notice because it was offered to me that there is a plethora of Fallout-based board games that I just really wasn't totally aware of just how deep that was Um, because some of them were on sale. So and that's kind of what led me to potentially look at this story and go, is this a shameless cash grab? Or is this an interesting new way for fans to kind of get into the source, source material?
1: Let's well, see. it's not like we've gone the other way and a bunch of board games have been turned into computer games. I just saw the D&D you, movie like- a couple months ago, <laughs> by the way
3: it's interesting role-playing games have become too mainstream for the people in the comic book stores. So they've gone to board <laughs> games.
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh. And I will give that compared to the board games, when I was growing up, the, the cover art on these things is absolutely gorgeous. Like you almost want to pick it up just because of the artwork on it. And then it's you realize, of- no, it's a board game with obscure rules that probably don't work very well. And yeah, no,
0: it's just all part of hipster culture, Jeremy. They got into vinyl records and talked about the artwork and the tactile the feel of putting the record on. And now we have board games because computer games, they're just they're for gamers. I don't really identify as a gamer. I'm more of like a social person, I like to drink craft yeah, beers and You're a board
1: per, person. Lots of <laughs>
0: IPAs.
4: You know. And and
0: Byzantine rule sets. And yeah, IPA's Nothing's IPA's. more fun than sitting down at a table and saying, Oh, what are we gonna do? Well, I'm gonna read to you from the rules to this uh, new game I just got that mm-hmm. takes half an mm-hmm. hour to learn, it says here. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, and then there's all Look. these like sub rules and, right. and forty
1: five minutes. Just I'm gonna pull gonna keep out coming Monopoly back to the rule book. I'm gonna say yes. What about
0: Monopoly? <laughs> What's wrong with Monopoly? What's wrong with Yahtzee? <laughs> Nothing. Just get out of here with your hipster bull... Anyway, exactly.
3: Ex- Axis <laughs> Ex- Ex- and Allies. There we go. Well, there's yeah, then who game.
0: wants to be the Axis? Ex- I just. Uno! <clears throat>
1: oh, come on. Axis <laughs> is fun. <laughs> Josh, on, what do you want, want to risk. play?
4: Risk. Just want to go and play Computer Risk now. Computer Risk. Yeah. What we need yeah. is a Risk song.
3: <laughs> so a few, a few years ago, um, I can't remember who got it for me, but I got a copy of the Arkham Horror Call of Cthulhu board game. And my wife and my friends and I sat down to try and play it one night. And two hours into trying to figure out the rules, we gave up. It was... Two hours? Come on. Yes. Wow it was not something that you could just pick up and play as you're going through the rules. It, and yeah. And it was something that I realized very quickly. Yeah. Um, I don't think once we understand the rules, I want to play this. It was just <laughs> well, way too complicated, way too complicated. I'm with, I'm with Sebastian. There's nothing wrong with a monopoly.
0: Let's move to picks of the week already. Yes,
4: this was a short podcast. Josh, please get Yay. started. Hey, you know what? It's it's maybe time. <clears throat> we've, we've mentioned this before, but pricing is at a point where it makes a lot of sense to go AM5, and this is probably one of the more interesting boards at a price point that you, know, you can actually <laughs> kind of afford at $279. It's on sale. But <clears throat> MSI... Makes a pretty solid product. They update the firmware pretty often, and uh, it's uh, you know it's it's a 670e baseboard, so it's not the cut down versions. <clears throat> and uh, you get it all. You get like five M.2 slots and a couple of heat sinks for them, and they're the you, you you can use them or you don't have to because you know so many come with their own heat sinks, or if you get PCIe 5.0, uh, it usually comes with its own massive heat sink. So it uh, looks like it's a, uh, you know, a nice uh, functional motherboard with good support and, uh, you know. Ooh. It's hey. got that two by two. It does. And uh, what, a 7800X 3D was uh, 349 Yes, this week. So that's, uh, that's, that's, that's that's within 50 bucks of, of the 5800X 3D, and that's a much faster chip. And DDR5 prices are just only slightly ahead of DDR4 3600 speeds. So you can get the 6,000 stuff at, running at 1.35 uh, for just not a whole lot of money, and it's awesome. It's under, under 100 bucks for a good pair of uh, 2x16.
0: Excellent. Jeremy, your pick.
1: Do you ever feel that your Wi Fi just doesn't reach far enough? That you need it to be extended a little bit further, but you don't want to pay a lot. So you want a nice generic discount extender. Like, for instance, uh, here in Canada, the D Link mesh Wi Fi uh, extender has gone from $65 which is kind of annoying to pay to $25, which is well, crap. I can get two of those, slap them around the house. And, uh, I don't need to worry so much about clear sight towards my, uh, my router anymore. Cause I, I love the idea of mesh. It's just, do I really want to drop a couple of hundred bucks to extend my network? Not really. Do I want to spend less than a hundred bucks to double or triple the size of it? Hey, that 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 sounds pretty attractive to me,
2: Jeremy. I'm the kind of person that can't sleep at night with about the phrase "wired backhaul" reverberating through my head.
3: <laughs>
1: okay, right. I do prefer it, but hey, there are times mm-hmm. you're in the yard, and well, the new wifi <laughs> don't quite that. I don't with, know. Uh, I think I just
2: might be network OCD enough to not be able to uh, compensate for that. But anyway.
0: If it makes you feel any better, Brett, I'm using wired backhaul right now.
2: Thank you. I appreciate okay.
1: it. Oh, so Thank am you I. For telling me that. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, believe me, I'm not, I can't stand the latency that uh, Wi-Fi does, but it's if I'm in the backyard and I want to listen to music and I mean, I don't that, want to drag un, the wire Unused
2: out. me. Unused Memos. Unused. Okay. All right. So okay. <laughs> All right. Brett, your pick. You know, um, so you're looking at the new driving games that are out there. There's some new stuff coming out, and you might want to sit and play, but you realize that your feeble skills as translated through mouse and keyboard is just going to expose your lack of ability. What you should do is get yourself a steering wheel. Are you Thrustmaster curious? Check out the new Thrustmaster T128P Force Feedback USB Racing Wheel with magnetic pedals now on sale at Amazon. Due to their recently doubled up prime days, for only $150. This looks like a reasonably good deal for a pedal set and force feedback wheel. I admit it's not particularly high-end. Josh could poo-poo this. I imagine he might chime in and say, you know what he says about whether or not this is a quality piece, but this might get you into kind of like the foot in the door sort of thing and on your way to a true racing rig. Try out a wheel, 150 bucks. That's my spiel. No,
4: it's it's <laughs> it's a solid wheel. It's it's uh, what the uh, next one from the what, the T one hundred and fifty and the TMX that were their previous mm-hmm. budget ones. So uh, yeah,
2: everything 149, i heard, it's, it's, it's not it's, bad. Uh, yeah, not bad at all. Yep, and I want to see more people get into the racing scene, uh, so that can these games continue to get made and we can enjoy them. Hmm. And better competition if we ever go online again. I don't like people running into my car when I'm trying to pass them. That's annoying. I know. Or,
4: you know, actually, slowing down for a corner.
2: There's that. Yes. People
4: behind you are not.
2: You know what? I have driven a slow car fast on virtual racetracks and enjoyed it immensely when I'm racing somebody who can actually race. It's so much fun.
0: My pick this week is, of course, Patrick Stewart's new memoir, Making It So, read by Patrick Stewart. So if you're interested in his life, he goes on for about uh, almost 19 hours. 19 hours, and you have to be okay with current gen Patrick Stewart. So if you know him from TNG, and he has that powerful voice,
4: it's a little different
0: now. It's kind of all over the map. There was a section I listened to yesterday morning about toast. That was it was enlightening. He was saying I.
4: I enjoy a good piece of toast to this day. Burned almost black. But we didn't always have a toaster. When I was growing up, we had to use a toasting fork. <laughs> and of course, you had to have a fire going. The toasting fork resembled a trident.
0: And it goes into the details of the toasting fork. So if you need that... In your life. In your in, life. I mean, I'm, I'm only seven and a half hours in, and he's talking about uh, English repertory theater. You can get this for as little as $0. Uh, or sign up for Audible. We're not sponsored by Audible, but apparently they're doing a deal where you get $6 a month for the first four months. That's pretty good. Because each month you get a credit, and you can, you can do something like 18 hours and 50 minutes of Patrick Stewart making it so... With your credit so uh kent your pick
3: uh, so a lot of people know i'm into audio uh, and this is a product based on something jeremy reviewed not too long ago this is a Fuzzy uh speaker amp it's using that new texas Instruments uh amplifier chip that is setting the industry on fire uh, you can get up to 300 watts a channel out of this with the right power supply. This thing is $79.99 right now. It's got swappable op amps, so you can change the, your audio a little bit to suit your taste. Uh, it has treble and bass controls. It's got Bluetooth input. It's got a subwoofer pre-out if you want to uh, have a, a 2.1 setup on your desk. And the sound out of these things is pretty darn phenomenal, uh, at 80 bucks. I don't know how long it's going to be at that price, but yeah, it it's, it's almost a no brainer at 80 bucks. If you're looking for a desktop amp, go for it.
1: And it's literally running a half dozen large speakers in my place. You can see one of them right behind me. That's this is the wall of fuzzy that I use. It's it's ridiculous.
0: We have reached the end. It's it's already here. It's it's I don't know how long this podcast is going to be after editing, but it felt a little shorter than usual. It's kind of a light news week, but we will come back next week when we might have some new exciting things to talk about in the PC hardware world. We can hope. Uh, I mean, not that A3 or A580 wasn't exciting, but maybe there'll be something more exciting. Maybe. Yeah. But until then, thanks for watching, listening, subscribing, bell
4: hitting, all that stuff.
2: Patreon making.
0: Yeah. Patron, patroning. You
4: know, don't, don't sound so excited about leaving the podcast when one, we get out of here early, which is nice. And two, yeah. nice. your editing is going to be far shorter. You don't have to spend that many hours listening to our voices. So you just get to edit and go.
0: We've only been recording for one hour and 18 minutes and 25 seconds yeah. as I Brilliant. speak. <laughs> and I usually have to go through over two hours of footage. Slog through, I might, I might say. Uh, it did seem like a bit of a short week. Yeah. Kent, you wanna give us a, a
3: a quick a quick goodbye. Goodbye.